Welcome to Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Thank you for joining us as we listen to another message from Pastor Daniel Shirley. And as they're going, I will just mention something that uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago we talked about that uh, that our broadcast, our online broadcast, had gone into China. And that uh, within a couple of hours, we had uh, uh, 10,000 people in China view our broadcast. And then last week, we added to that um, Russia. Now, I don't have the numbers on, on that, but today, we're going on in 24 countries in seven formats. And so, what, what does that mean? That means that more and more and more people are getting to hear the gospel. Praise God. You know, one, one thing that the Lord really began to impress upon my heart, um, <clears throat> early last year, well, this year, early this year, God really began to impress on my heart was um, that... We have the creative nature of God on the inside of us. And we have been created in His image and His likeness, and He is a creative God. And so if He, if he created me in His image and He is creative, then that means I must be creative. Praise God. And so there is creativity on the inside of me. In fact, I'm going to be talking more about that this, this year, uh, this coming year. But uh, I won't be talking much more about anything this year. But, um, uh, but anyway, this coming year, I'm going to be talking more about the creative nature of God in you. And, uh, you know, the, that uh, there are technologies today that are available to us that even two or three, five years ago, weren't available, and uh, that empower us. You know, I, I believe this is the most exciting time ever to be alive. And why? Because, you know, there are things we can accomplish today as far as getting the gospel to the world. There are things we can accomplish and ways that we can get the gospel to the world that were not possible just a short period of time ago. And so, uh, you know, it, it is so exciting. And, and uh, you know, I, I know that, that Jason has been working with, uh, uh, with Brandon Walker uh, on, on our website and our, our broadcasts and, and our uh, app for, uh, for your phone and your tablet and and, and this sort of thing. He's been working with him on that and getting some of those things taken care of. And, uh, you know, for the, the small fee that we pay to, to be able to do what we're doing and, and things that, I mean, he's, he's introduced things to us that we didn't even know about. You know, we didn't know about this server in China. We didn't know about this server in Russia. We didn't know about these things, but he did, and, and he's making those things available to us. And, uh, you know, sometimes you've just got to be open and, and willing to do something new. And I've been saying this. I've been saying if there is a technology that is available to me that, that increases my ability to effectively communicate the gospel and get the gospel out, and I just refuse to use it. And shame on me. You know, I mean, it, if it's not possible, if it's not accessible to me, that's one thing. But if it's accessible to me and I have the ability to use it and it will enhance my ability to get the gospel out, then I don't even have to pray about that. I mean, you know, I remember years ago when I was first beginning to prepare for the ministry, I had a pastor call me one day and uh, wanted me to come speak at his church. 
And uh, actually, I think he was probably doing me a favor, not him. But uh, uh, but he wanted me to come speak at his church. And uh, I told him, I said, uh, well, let me pray about that and I'll get back with you. Well, as, as soon as I went to prayer about that and I asked the Lord about that, the Lord said, what did I call you to do? Did I call you to preach the gospel? I said, yes, sir, you did. And he said, then don't ever ask me that question again. And uh, so, in other words, if I have an opportunity to get the gospel out, I don't need to ask him. Now, if I've got two opportunities and I can only do one, yeah, I, might, I need to ask him which one. But, but if I've got one opportunity to improve what I'm doing in getting the gospel out, I don't need to ask him, should I do this? Now, I might need to ask him, is this, you know, is this the best plan? Is this, you know, is this the way we need to go about doing this? Is this all the up and up and, you know, and that kind of thing. But to ask him, do I need to, do I need to use the internet? That's a no-brainer, you know. No, I don't need to ask him about that. He said, preach the gospel. So that's what we're doing. Praise God. And so that, that question was forever settled, and I never need to ask that question again. You know, should I do this? And so, you know, that's kind of the way I view this. Is this, is this the best use of the money that we have available? I need to ask him about that. You know. Is, is this the way we need to do it? Yes. But uh, praise God for that opportunity. And, you know, I'm excited. Uh, and I, by the way, I want to welcome those of you who are joining us online today. And uh, wherever you may be, whatever one of those 24 countries you may be in, praise God. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. We just so appreciate and, uh, you know, I wish that I could see the other direction and see you and see your faces and, and, and know who you are. But praise God, thank you for joining us today. Hallelujah. Well, today I'm going to be talking about words. And we've got the, the uh, visual up here to uh, remind you, you know, words are one thing that um, I, I find that people have a tendency to get sloppy when it comes to words. Anybody ever got sloppy with your words? You just said anything, you know? Uh, you know, there is something to be said for, you know, I think, well, you never, want, you never have to wonder what so-and-so's thinking because they're going to say it. Well, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to let some of your thoughts remain a secret. You know, let, let's keep a little bit of mystery in there about what you're thinking sometimes because not everything we think is... Anybody have thoughts sometimes that, that are not good? You know, and, and I'm convinced I'm not the only one that has thoughts... That, uh, you know, the thing of it is, I can, I can have a thought come my way, and I can dismiss that thought, and eventually I'll forget about it. But once I say it, I can't ever take it back. I can't unsay something. You know, once I've said it, I can never unsay it. And so, we need, you know, when it comes to the words that we say, we, we need to be very careful about what comes out of our mouth. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. In other words, if it, if it doesn't edify, doesn't build up, doesn't minister grace, then Paul calls it corrupt communication. And so, you know, we, we need to take into consideration and let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. In, um, 
in John's gospel, verse number, chapter 6, verse number 63, Jesus said this, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. So let's, let's back up there. He said, the spirit gives life and the words I speak to you are spirit. So in other words, the words I speak to you give life. Praise God. The words I speak to you give life. And then he says, they are spirit and they are life. Praise God. Now, can... can uh, you know, I, I thought a long time ago, Scripture said, it talks about Samuel, and it says, the, you know, the, that God established him as a prophet in the land, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. Now, some of us ought to be glad that some of our words fall to the ground. Uh, but wouldn't it, you know, how powerful a thing would it be in our life if we could speak words so that God would work with us and let none of our words fall to the ground. You know, many times we fail to experience the power in our words because half of the words we're saying shouldn't be said. Half of the words, you know... Half of the words we're saying are words that we wouldn't want them to actually come to pass. But Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So what if I am speaking the same words he's speaking? Praise God. What if I'm saying the same things Jesus said? What if I'm talking like him? If I'm talking like him, then I would, should be able to say the words that I speak to you are spirit in their life. Praise God. They're spirit and they will, and in other words, they will produce life. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 3. I want you to get this for a moment. Uh, here it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. Now, I want you to notice here. He says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed. Now, the word worlds there is not referring to the planets and the stars and the, you know, and the sun and the moon, etc. The word worlds there, it's, it's not even referring to the earth. In fact, this word, if it was referring to that, the writer of Hebrews would have used the word cosmos from the Greek. But that's not what he used. He used the word eons. He said, by faith we understand that eons were framed by the word of God. Eons refers to a period of time or a a designated time frame. And he says, by, under, by faith we understand that designated time periods were framed. And the word framed literally means to set in order. That, that designated time periods were set in order by a word. By a word from God. And we fail to realize the power that is contained in words. You see, I'm not going to talk so much about the words that you, uh, you know, the, the uh, well, let me just forget that statement that I started to make there. All right. Well, you didn't hear it anyway, so it'll be easy if you forget it. But, uh. But let me, let me just say this. If we're going to talk about the words that you hear as well as the words you say. The words you hear as well as the words you say. You see, the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, they heard a word from God. And in fact, this passage is talking about men 
that heard or people that heard a word from God that shaped and set in order their period of time, their place in history. Praise God. Many times people go through their entire life and they never really uh, they never really have a vision or a word from God about their life. And they bump around in life hoping that they will run into the right thing. And hoping that, you know, uh, hoping they'll bump into the right person and, and, and marry the right person. Hoping that they'll stumble onto the right job. Hoping that they'll uh, wind up in the right place. Hoping that they'll win the lottery. Hoping that they'll, you know, this will happen and this great thing will happen. And hoping that, but they do nothing to actually cause things to happen in their life. And they, they really just, they're, they're just bumping through life. And sometimes, you know, sometimes somebody does stumble onto the right thing. But most people are in the right place because they've got a vision for their life. And there is a plan in place for their life. Now, how are you going to get a vision for your life? How are you going to find out what that plan needs to be for your life? God's got a plan for you. Praise God. He has a place where you need to be. And you need to cooperate with his plan for your life. But if you don't know what it is, how are you going to cooperate with it? So the people here that it talked about in Hebrews 11, these heroes of faith, as we would say, the hall of fame of faith, they heard a word from God. Something they heard from God changed and transformed and shaped their life. Now, how do words come into this? All right, you heard a word from God, but then you need to get in agreement, in cooperation with the word God said. Praise God. So that, you know, this is why the scripture says, without a vision, the people perish. Because if I don't know which way I'm going, then it doesn't matter which way I go, right? If I don't have any idea where I want to end up, it doesn't matter which way I go. And I might end up there, and I might not, but I wouldn't know it if I did. You know, I mean, it's, if I have no idea, see, I need to get, a, get in line with, with God's vision, and I need to begin to, you, you see, it's one thing to, to just know something, and it's another thing to verbalize it. Because once I verbalize something, then I've made a commitment to it. Let me ask you this. How did you get saved? By faith. And how did you activate that faith? By speaking. By speaking. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So when you, when you utter words... You see, words had the power to, to cause you to pass from death to life. Now, yes, Jesus went to the cross and Jesus paid for your salvation. But you activated what Jesus did in your life by coming into a verbal agreement with it. You know, it, it's, it, it, it's not enough to just know what Jesus did. You've got to activate it. You've got to come into an agreement with that. And you may know what it is that God wants you to accomplish in your life. Well, speak it out of your mouth. Say it out of your mouth. Praise God. Make a verbal commitment to it. To say, I am. This is why God had Abram begin to say, I am Abraham, the father of many nations. Praise God. I am the father 
of many nations. And every time he introduced himself, he said, I am the father of many nations. That's what, is, that's what Abraham means. And it wasn't just that, hey, I'm the father of many nations, as in a boasting thing. He was not boasting in what he, in and of himself, but he was boasting in what God had done, what God had said to him. God had said, I have made you the father of many nations. Now, the word Abraham, actually, his name was Abram. God's name was Yahweh. And so God took part of his name. In fact, if you, if you look at this carefully, God took part of his name and he put it in the middle of Abram's name. And so they merged the names Abraham and he became, and when you put that together, it was that he's the father of many nations, but not just that, but that Yahweh had made him the father of many nations. You see, and that's the important thing that we need to realize in our lives when we are in a covenant relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Our, our life is, is bound in Him, is wrapped up in Him. Praise God. And it is He that has made us who we are and what we are. And so when we begin to verbalize and, and speak out those things. Praise God. Um, he said, we, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed. What have you heard from God that will frame your world, that will frame your life? You know, I hear a lot of people say, well, I just need to, uh, you know, I, I think I need a change of scenery. Many people are changing all the time. They can, some people never get a promotion because they don't ever stay at a job long enough to get a promotion. They, they change jobs all the time. Many people never get a raise because they, you know, well, after, after three months, you'll get a raise. Well, they don't make it to three months. You know, after a year, you get a vacation. They never have a vacation because they never stay anywhere for a year. You know, many people never stay married to the same person. Many people never stay at the same job. Many people never stay in the same house. They never stay, you know, it's always changing, changing, changing. They never stay at the, you know, uh, when I say this, I, I don't want to think this way, but, uh, but when I say this, there's going to be certain people that come to my mind. There are people that change churches like they change their socks. And they never, they never get... You know, and I'm not talking about just the people in the pew. I'm talking about pastors. The, they never accomplish anything. The, the late uh, Lester Summerall said this, that, that a man can't even begin to judge his work until he's been doing it for 10 years. Yet I know a lot of pastors that two, three, four years, and they think they've stayed a long time. They can never really begin to accomplish anything because they're always moving, 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 always going. You know, things get a little tough, so they go, well, you know, well, the Lord is leading us to move. The Lord's leading us to change. Maybe frustration is leading you to change. Maybe you can't get along with people, so that's leading you to change. You know, and, and a lot of people are always changing because they, they never really got a word that framed their place in history. Or if they got the word, they never really made a verbal commitment to that. They never got their word in line with the word that God said. Uh, but so they're saying, well, I just need a change of scenery. Many times you don't need a change of scenery, you need a change of words. Praise God. You know, get this. Let me ask you this question. What do you call something that does not exist? What do you call something that does not exist? You know, this, this is not a, you know, what do you call a... Uh, Man, I can't even think of it. Connor's told me so many of those, you know. 
What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. That's, Connor told me that one. But, uh, you know, uh, what do you call something that does not exist? Romans chapter 4, verse number 17 says, As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Praise God. Maybe we need to learn to call things that do not exist as though they did. Praise God. Praise God. Rather than, rather than always looking for a change of scenery, maybe we need to change what we're saying. Praise God. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. The word profession there could also be translated as confession. Let us hold fast the confession. That's the words coming out of our mouth. The confession of our faith without wavering. Without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Now, you know, a lot has been taught, I used to teach it myself, about creating things with our words. And then I realized that I don't need to create things with my words. I need to come in line with what God's already done. You know, I, he didn't overlook something that I need. He's already provided for it. He didn't, he didn't overlook anything that I was needful of in my life. He already took care of it. He did it in Christ. But what I need to do is I need to come in agreement with that. How do I, why, why do, why were words necessary to get me saved? You know, as we quoted a moment ago, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I had to come into a verbal agreement with what God did in order to activate the salvation that he has already provided for me. He didn't overlook my salvation. He already took care of everything that was necessary. Now, if I want it, I don't have to take it if I don't want it. But if I want it, I take it by coming into a verbal agreement with what God did. The same thing works with anything and everything that we receive from the Lord. God has already done it in Christ or he's not going to do it. And so I need to find out what he did. He said he has already taken care of my health. He's already taken care of my material needs. He's already done all of those things in Christ. Now I need to come into a verbal agreement with that. Now I'm talking about this on, on uh, the final day of 2017 because I believe that you can begin to shape 2018 with what you say. Praise God with what you say. Come into agreement with what God said about 2018. You know, back during in, uh, 2016, actually when we were in a, a uh, presidential campaign in our nation, and... Uh, you know, I, I heard a lot of people saying, quoting from from Second uh, uh, Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen, "If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land." And people were praying and quoting Second Chronicles seven fourteen, 
and saying, well, you know, God, heal our land, heal our land, heal our land. And then one day, uh, I was thinking about that, and the Lord said, I am healing your land. I am healing your land. And so I stopped saying, Lord, heal our land, and I started saying, thank you, Lord, you're healing our land. And there is a healing process that is taking place in our nation. And God is healing our land. There, there is a process we are going through, but the healing for our nation has already been provided for. Praise God. And the process of bringing that into reality is taking place. And sometimes it might not look like it, but... but God is healing our land. Praise God. Praise God. Now, um, are we holding fast? Here's what he said. Hold fast your confession. That means don't be saying one thing today and something else tomorrow. Once you find out the word from God as those in Hebrews the 11th chapter did, they heard a word from God that framed their uh, place in history. Once you've heard that word from God, get on it and stay on it. Praise God. Get on it and stay on it. Quit wavering back and forth. Because as long as you're wavering back and forth, you know, I've known people in, in, in my 26 years of pastoring, I've known people that have been, uh, you know, and I, I, I say this in, in, a, in a kidding but serious way, uh, I've known people that have been saved at least a dozen times. Now, I, I'm kidding because you don't get saved over and over and over again. But what I mean is today... They're all excited about the things of God and God's working in their life and, you know, and, oh, this is just the greatest life I've ever had. And then tomorrow, they, they, they don't want anything to do with it. And then when everything falls apart again, then all of a sudden they're back and they want to serve the Lord again and they want to follow Jesus again. And then their life begins to get better and then they forget about it and then they, you know, and, and, and I've seen this cycle in people's life over and over and over. Why can't we figure out that we need to get on something and stay there? Praise God. Praise God. You know, when when Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Now, whatever happened to you know, what, what happened to, she was a good thing when you found her. And then all of a sudden she's not good anymore. Is that, you know, but, you know like I said, changing, changing uh, husbands or wives like you change your socks. What happened to this was the greatest church I've ever been in. And then, oh, well, Oh, I know you hadn't seen me in a while. That's because we're going over here now. And, we, you know, we, we've changed. We've moved. We, you know, we're doing something different now. How about getting on something and staying on it until your place, your, your, uh, your place in history is established? You see... When my life is spent, when, when it's done, when it's finished, I want to have done something that made a difference. I want some, something to have been accomplished with, with my life because it's really not my life. I gave it to Jesus. Because I gave it to Jesus... Now, I'm the one who lives it. Actually, I want him to live it through me. 
Praise God. So that when it's all said and done, it has been a life that has been spent for its intended purpose. And so I'm going to have to get on something and stay there. Praise God. And quit wavering back and forth and changing all the time. Now, now I understand sometimes you need to change. Sometimes when you when you have been when you've made a bad decision, you need to just acknowledge that. Be a little more careful to make the right decision next time so you can stay there. I get that. We've all done that at times. There are times when I've had to back up and say I was wrong. But I'm not going to stand there and blame it on God. Well, the Lord's just leading me to do something different. No, the Lord, either he didn't lead me to do the last thing or he's not leading me to do something different. One or the other. He's not all the time changing his mind. Praise God. And if I want 2018 to be a productive year, I need to get on something and stay there. Praise God and follow it all the way through. You know, it, it's, a, it's a bad habit to not finish things. Praise God. Now, let's look at this. James calls the man who says one thing or believes one thing and then he changes what he believes and he, he, he calls that man double-minded. Here's what he said. Let, not, let him ask in faith with no doubting. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Unstable in all his ways. Then he goes on in verse number 12. He says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. He didn't change subjects here. He's still talking about the same subject. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. I'm going to say, the temptation to what? The temptation to waver. The temptation to always be changing. The temptation, you know, because there are things that are going, there's going to be difficult days. A difficult day does not mean you need to change. You know, there are going to be some difficult days that come your way. There, there are going to be some difficult days that happen on your job. Doesn't mean you need a new job. There are going to be some difficult days in your marriage. Doesn't mean you need a new marriage. Okay? There are going to be some difficult days at church. Doesn't mean you need a new church. Praise God. Praise God. There, there are going to be things that you don't agree with. Doesn't mean you need to go somewhere else. Praise God. Endure the temptation to always be moving and changing and doing something different. Praise God. Now, don't cast away your confidence. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Now, this word confidence means this. All outspokenness. It doesn't have something to do with what we're talking about with your words. All outspokenness. Don't cast away what you're saying. In other words... Get on something and stay there. Praise God. Praise God. Don't cast away. Don't change. Don't be saying one thing today and tomorrow something different. And until you find out what the right thing to say is, just don't be saying. You know, you don't, don't need to be saying everything you think. Now, here's something. If you don't transition from someday to today, 
you'll repeat yesterday. If you don't transition from someday to today, you'll repeat yesterday. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that there is a point in time when you've got to stop saying someday this, someday that, someday, and you've got to say today. Today. This is a time of year when many people make New Year's resolutions. And they say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do... There comes a point when it's got to be today. If it's going to really be a New Year's resolution that you're going to, you know, in 2018, I'm going to work out every day. Tomorrow you've got to start. You know, tomorrow's the day it's got to transition from someday to today. Otherwise, you're going to repeat yesterday. So, you know, I am going to, this, this is why I posted last night. I said, if, if you've been saying that, well, we really need to get back in church. Now, I know all you're here today, okay? So, so you actually did, you know, you actually are here. But there are a lot of people, I've been hearing it from people out there all the time. Well, we need to get back in church. We need to get back in church. I'll run into somebody at the store. Hey, I've been missing you. Ah, we need to get back. But they haven't transitioned from someday to today. And so they're repeating yesterday. If you don't decide today is the day, then It'll, it'll just be more of the same. More of the same. And then I want you to get this. We're not talking about a legalistic ritual of getting God to do something, but it's reminding you of your decision. And when we close the service, I usually have everyone in the room make their confession of faith in Jesus Christ. Well, you know, oh, I'm already saved. I don't need to say that. But does it hurt you to say that? You know? I mean, to, I need to say every day that Jesus is my Lord. Now, if I, if I fail to do that one day, does that mean he's not? No, that's not what it means. But I need to remind myself of the commitment I made to him. Praise God. So I encourage you to begin to say the things every day so that, that you are reminded of your commitment. I made a commitment to Jesus Christ to follow him, that he would be my Lord, that he, you know, and, and, and I need to say those things on a regular basis. Not to remind him, not to get him to do something for me, but to remind me. He doesn't forget, but I do. And it may not be that I even forgot, but sometimes you just are not mindful of something. Sometimes, it, you know, it's a matter of keeping it in your consciousness. Do you realize that, that keeping your relationship with the Lord in your consciousness will have a tremendous effect on how you behave. You know, if, if I am always conscious of what he did for me, see, this is why the scripture says that we with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, it didn't say we saw in the mirror, it says, we are presently beholding, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And because we are continually looking at, we are being changed from glory to glory. It's not that we look one time and we see, you know, oh, well, Jesus did this for me. No, I need to behold every day. 
as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And every day that I am beholding, I am being changed. See, this is why as I say things out of my mouth, it's not a legalistic ritual to get God to do something for me. But it is reminding me of what he has already done for me. Praise God. What if I'm saying, thank you, Jesus, that you bore my sickness and, my, and, and carried my diseases and, and my pain in your body? What if I'm saying that on an everyday, regular basis and then something happens in my life that seems to contradict that? It's not so easy for me to get off this and over onto what just happened. You know, well, I had a, a, a pain in my body that I shouldn't have felt. I had a pain in, in, this, in this part of my body. So, you know, if I am not conscious of the fact that Jesus bore my pain, then it's easy for me to say, to, to forget that Jesus bore my pain. And it's easy for me to get over onto the fear aspect of, well, I wonder what that is. I wonder if that's cancer. I wonder if that's, you know, if I wonder if I'm having a heart attack. I wonder if I'm having this. I wonder if I'm having that. I wonder, you know, it, if, if I am continually beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and what he has done, then I don't so easily get distracted and get over onto this fear thing. See what I'm saying? Is that, am I making sense to anybody? Praise God. You know, if I make a decision of what I'm, what, uh, of what I am believing, and I continually remind myself of that, then I don't get off on tangents. Praise God. This is why we need to get our words for 2018. Don't, don't just say whatever comes out of you, whatever floats through your head. You know, uh, Kenneth E. Hagin used to say, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. And uh, what he meant by that was thoughts come, they come floating by, thoughts come floating by, but you don't have to let them stick around. You don't have to grab a hold of those things and hang on to them. Praise God. And how do you do that? You know, you do that because you have made a decision of what you, and, and you continually are saying that out of your mouth. See, I don't need to get God to do something that he's already done, but I need to be reminded what he did. Praise God. Praise God. And the problem with many people's New Year's resolutions is that very soon they stop saying it. They usually stop saying it before they stop doing it. They quickly, you know, some, sometimes within a week they're already, they've already quit saying it. You know, New Year's Eve night, they're saying, I resolve to do this, to make this change in my life. I resolve this. Tomorrow they'll be saying, I resolve this. I resolve this. And then next week, they're not saying it anymore. And then a week later, they've forgotten about it. You know, it's, Here's what John wrote in 1 John chapter 5, verse number 13. These things I have written to you. Now, what do you write? You write words, right? You know, we, we write words. So he says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may have, or that you, excuse me, that you may know that you have 
eternal life. Notice he said he wrote words to us so that we may know something. But then he goes on, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. He wrote words, so first of all, so we could know something, and then secondly, so we could continue to believe it. That's why I don't read the Bible once and say, well, I read that book. That's why I read the Bible over and over and over and over and over again so I may continue to believe. Anybody ever know somebody that, you know, they don't, they don't believe anymore? Or at least they tell you, well, I don't believe that anymore. I used to believe that. I don't believe that anymore. Well, John wrote some things to us Words that would cause us to continue to believe. Now, so Pastor, what are you doing this morning? I'm trying to help you get off of the spiritual roller coaster. Okay? I, I want to make 2018 a solid, steady, progressive year for you. So you can progress in your life. You can progress in your walk with God. You can progress in the, you set out to do something and it it won't be this anymore. Anybody tired of living on a roller coaster? That's That's a terrible way to live. You know, we need to get on something and we need to stay. But make sure that what you get on is the right thing. Okay? Make sure it's the right thing. Well, I'm telling you, Jesus is the right thing. Praise God. So you get on Jesus and you stay there. And you stay there in part by being consistent about what you're saying. Praise God. And there again, I remind you, it is not a ritualistic thing to get God to do something for you. And it's not because God forgets, it's because you forget. Praise God. I need to be reminded. You need to be reminded. Why do I come back periodically and preach the same sermons over again? Because you need to be reminded. Well, because you were too lazy to prepare a new sermon. That's really not it. Now, it, it, you might think so, but that's really not it. It's really that you need to be reminded of something. There are some things that I will, you will probably hear me preach often. Maybe not in the same format, maybe not in the same way, maybe not from the same outline. But you'll hear me preach on healing. You'll hear me preach on how important the Word of God is. You'll hear me preach sermons on, on what God has done for us in Christ, who you are in Christ. These are things you need to be continually reminded of. These are things that, you, you know, that, that uh, the, the grace of God is a subject we've been going to a lot lately. And we've done that for a couple of reasons. We've done that because, because a lot of us still have a, 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 a mentality that is contrary to that. You, you, you hear the message on grace and you, think, you know that's true, but then something comes up out of your past that says, but I need to work harder and try harder and do more and do, you know, to, to please God and I need to, you know... And, and, and these things begin to creep in. And the reason you're having this problem in your life is because you're not reading your Bible enough. Because you're not, you know, and, and, and these kinds of things are, are, you're struggling with. But it's, if, if we will be continually reminded, you see, people who start out to follow the Lord. They need to remind themselves who they're following. You know, 
I'm not following after, you know, there, there's a popular phrase that I, I despise, okay? Just, just by the way, in case you say this, uh, <laughs> say it to somebody else, but, but, but don't say it to me because I despise this phrase, and that is, well, I just follow my heart. It got real quiet. <laughs> but, you know, why do I despise that phrase so much? Because most people aren't really following their heart. They're really following their emotions. But in reality, it ought to be I'm following Jesus. Praise God. I'm following Jesus. I'm not following my emotions. I'm not living according to my emotions because if I live according to my emotions, I will be on the continual roller coaster. So it is time in 2018 to get off the roller coaster. Get on Jesus. Get on what he said. Get on his word. Now, if you find out you've misunderstood something, then definitely change. But, you know, I've had to do that a lot. I've had to change because I found out I was wrong. If you find out you're wrong, then by all means, change. But if your emotions is telling you, I want to do something different, tell your emotions, you know, I don't live by my emotions. I live by what Jesus said. Praise God. I made a decision. I live by what Jesus said. Praise God. Praise God. Maybe you've never said, Jesus, I want to follow you. Maybe that's, a, a, we, we quoted the scripture, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, today I'm going to ask once again, like I, like I usually do, everyone in this room to, to, to pray that. But if you've never prayed that before, this is the right thing. This is the thing you need to get on. Jesus said that there is no way to come to the Father except by him. He is the way, the truth, not a way, not a truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Those are Jesus' words. Praise God. So if you're here today and you've never prayed that, maybe you're watching online. You know, maybe you're in one of those 24 countries that we are, are broadcasting into. And you have never prayed that prayer. See, Jesus paid the price, the penalty for all of your sin. He did it once and for all. And this is the right thing. This is the thing you need to get on. And this is the thing you need to stay on. Praise God. Praise God. So I'm going to invite you. The Bible says that if you do that, you will be saved. In other words, he said you will pass from death unto life. We were all dead in trespasses and sins, but he made us alive. And how did he do that? He did that by paying the penalty of death for us. And so we need to come into a verbal agreement with what he said, and then we need to stay there. Praise God. Praise God. It's not, this is a good thing, made me feel good today, but tomorrow? No, this is a decision you need to make and you need to stay there. Praise God. You need to stay on this. So let's, let's all just say this together. If you pray this, you mean this from your heart, then God's own word says you will be saved. You will pass from death unto life. Praise God. Let's say this together. Say, God in heaven, so thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me to pay for my sins. I'm thankful that you raised him from the dead so I could have new life. Today I choose Jesus. I come into a verbal agreement with what Jesus did. I agree that my sins are paid for and never will they be held against me again. I agree 
that Jesus is Lord of all. And I choose today to follow Jesus. Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Word of Life Church, please visit us on the web at wolcarlsbad.com. Thank you and have a great week.